Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. I'll do it. There's no question about it. Timmy Lambert, Timmy, you're in three minutes early. Look at you paying attention. Hey, hey, I, I, the more Tim, the better, right? Well, that's what I was thinking. Absolutely. It's uh, no a matter of opinion. That's what I'm they always say. Made up. The more Tim, the better. Y'all get yes. one yeah. free. Yep. Yep. No question about it. So what's going on? Oh, Timmy, I got to tell you something. Yes. Sir. I've been waiting for you to come on so I could tell you this. Catherine and I last night, what's it called? Killers of the Flower Moon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were they thinking? <laughs> the, I watched the, the first hour. I went, is this ever going to get interesting? It's three and a half hours long. Yeah, it's a long movie. Oh, it's a long movie. I, again, I think that. Well, did you watch it? Did you video on demand, or what did you do, or in the theater? Uh, voodoo. Was it on okay. Voodoo? Okay. Well, treat it like a miniseries then. <laughs> I think you know. Obviously. Well, okay, luckily. No, go ahead. No, no, it's all right. I'm listening. Oh, no, no. I mean, you, you have to approach it. I, I think that uh, obviously this is going to play better on video because you can break it up. And if, yeah. if you probably noticed, there were chapters in the movie. So there are logical breaking points. Now, there was a big controversy about theaters inserting their own intermissions because they just knew that people weren't going to be able to hack it. Now, so I think I this movie... I think I think it's better in chunks. I will say though, I think when I reviewed it, I said this as well. It did go by pretty. Yeah, I mean, it didn't feel long to me. I guess, and and I know that you know everybody looks at things differently. I I don't know. I mean, it, it is a you know it does take a while to get into things, though. It does for sure. 
but the problem is, and I got lucky, and I'll tell you, I watched the first hour. Catherine watched the last two and a half hours by herself. I got lucky because I didn't even like the first hour of it. I thought it was boring as hell. Really? You, wow. you could, well, you could tell from the, within, within 10 minutes who the bad guys were. Oh, of course. You knew that De Niro was going to be a horrible human being. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You know. I still think it's a compelling tale, and I think you really should watch it. It's an eye-opener. Catherine you know? said it was way too, way, way, way too long. Well, I think the importance with movies like this is the fact that all these egregious things happened and nothing was ever said or done yeah, about true. it. I understand that you part know, of it. Sure, you know, without getting too much into it, I mean, obviously they try to hold people into account. Um, but as far as a Scorsese movie is concerned, uh, far from being my number one of his, I think Goodfellas probably is still up there. The Irishman is still up there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, a casino. I mean, it, those are all long movies as well. So, yeah, I, I you know, look, I, part of me doesn't have a problem with this because I like the fact that filmmakers with clout can still get things done, right? They don't have to yes. necessarily yeah. have to do the crash, boom, bang, uh, you know, uh, Scream Part 18 sort of movie. I mean, there are very, very few filmmakers now that can still just make the movies they want to make and make them as long as they want to make them. Whether we like it or not, that's that's something, you know, that we can obviously debate. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the fact that we got people like Scorsese around or Scorsese, sure. or whatever. Yeah. Everybody pronounces it differently. Um, but Christopher Nolan's another guy. I can't wait till you try to watch Oppenheimer, though. I Has did watch, watch Oppenheimer. I watched it. You did? Yep. What the did you think of that? I thought it was good. I thought it was too long. It put a lot of stuff in there. They added some things, though, that people have never heard before about Hiroshima, why they did what they did, wow. uh, for two very specific reasons. It was to scare Russia, and it was to pay them back for Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah, because they had already surrendered. There was no need to bomb them like that, but they had to make a point, apparently. And uh, spoiler, I guess, kind of, is Gary Oldman one of the best actors ever born? He is phenomenal. He, he is shows up as Harry Truman. Yep, <laughs> phenomenal. Oh he, it's cr incredible, and he's only in it just for a few minutes. But that he is such of a powerhouse, and there are a ton of powerhouse actors in there. I think mm -hmm. it's probably the best thing that Robert Downey Jr. has ever done. Yeah, uh, I agree. Julian Murphy's finally getting the just do. I mean, the guy's been around. He's been in a lot of different things for a long time. I mean, but finally, yeah, it, it's great to see that he is finally getting what he deserves as far as the attention. And uh, I'm sorry, I had a phone ring. I don't know if you heard that or not. Uh, nice. Anyway, let's get into uh, this week's. Uh, it, it, it's a movie that was released and limited release uh, in November. But finally, it's wide enough where I feel like, OK, I can talk about it. People can actually go see it somewhere. It's called Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Yep, I'm aware of that. Yeah, it's. It's Nicolas Cage. I mean, it's the sort of movie, again, that only people like Nicolas, I don't know if it had been made otherwise. Yeah, it's an independent movie, and somebody else would have made it, but I don't think it would have been nearly as interesting with anybody else. He's the sort of person that commands your attention. He's made for this sort of role. He's a guy, a uh, longtime college professor. He's 
boring as all hell. He's a faithful family man, but he never felt like he got the attention he deserves. He wants to write a book to get on the map. Uh, and then all of a sudden he starts popping up in people's dreams. And all of a sudden he goes, quote unquote, viral. And he's in everybody's dreams worldwide. At first as a mirror observer where, you know, something is happening and he'll just walk by the scene and just wave. <laughs> and then the dreams turn kind of erotic for some people. So it's a really, really weird situation. And he's really popular because of it. All of a sudden, those dreams take a wicked turn and everybody wants to cancel him. So maybe mm. in a way, it's kind of like this, this uh, commentary on cancel culture, which mm -hmm. I really like. Um, but it's just strange. It's strikingly original, although I will say, I don't know, have you ever heard of a, it's an old Bruce Davison movie called The Lathe of Heaven, where the no. man can change the outcome of things with his dreams. It was made by PBS a long, long time ago, early 70s. Uh, so it has a bit of that, obviously. It kind of feels like being John Malkovich in a sort of way, obviously, okay. because the man is in everybody's dreams or can haunt people's dreams. <laughs> kind of feels like Nightmare on Elm Street in a way. Yeah, I was going to say, um, in the movie, is he aware of any of the things he's doing in these dreams? No, he doesn't have any okay, control. I didn't think so, yeah. Yeah, So, and that's the whole thing. It's not like he is purposefully doing it. He's just showing up. And again, he can't control it. So, but they love the fact that the way he shows up initially, they love the viral aspect of it. But once he starts doing some terrible things in these dreams, nobody wants to be around him. I mean, he can't go into a restaurant. People leave. People will threaten him with violence if he doesn't leave. That sort of thing. Uh, the other movie it reminds me of, and uh, for the right reason, because it's a brilliant movie, it's The Unbearable Light, uh, Weight of Massive Talent, where mm -hmm. Nick Cage plays Nick Cage. Yeah, he's good. Of Nick Cage. So, yeah, I mean, it's only the sort of movie that Nicolas Cage uh, could make. Uh, so it is billed as a comedy, but I would say it's best described as a dark comedy. This yeah. movie really goes to places I never expected. Um, but I think the reason I like it more than anything is the fact I I'm so fascinated by dreams and every morning we wake up and it's say, like, how the hell mm -hmm. did I ever go there? What happened in my life to make me go there in my dreams? And, and that's, a, that's a question for all time. Why do we dream the way we dream? You know? Right. So, you know, and, and so this movie sort of addresses it. And of course, it tries to unravel the mystery of why he's in everybody else's dreams. So good. You'd recommend it? Highly. I, I, yes. Okay. I, I would say it's like a 7.5 out of 10, not eight. I'm going with an eight um, just because it's so original. I really like it. I, I don't think it answers everything that I was hoping to hear. I think it's one of those endings. They didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it just ends abruptly. And come on, I want more. I want I want answers. And it doesn't give us that. But there's no question that Nicolas Cage is not only a gifted comedy actor. Yeah. Guy, he has a moment in here, a dramatic uh, scene. It's like, this is as good as it gets. The guy is a hell of an actor. Yes, he is. And he doesn't get credit for as good as he is either. He must be a pain in the ass to work with. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, the guy does like six, seven movies a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I don't I don't know why you know he does the movies he wants to do, which I think is great. Uh, he did that movie. I know you've seen this movie called uh, The Old Way. Is it called mm-hmm. the Western that he did earlier this really year? Really good. Yep. Yeah, and then Renfield and and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he does he does everything. He's all over the map, and of course he won his Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, and I think he's going to get some attention for this particular film. Well, so, isn't he done making movies now? He wants to do focus more on TV from a headline that I saw. Yeah, well, and and I didn't read that story, Tevin, but it's funny you brought that up. Yeah, he says he's got about three or four movies left in him. Huh. I didn't read the story. If he goes to TV, great. How old is he? He's not that old. He's he's actually the same age as me, a few months older. He's he's 59 now. I'll be 59 Mm -hmm. on Christmas Day. It's weird, Uh weird to be done with movies when you're not even 60. Well, you know, Daniel Day Lewis did it. I don't know mm-hmm. what was, was Daniel D. Lewis when, and he he kept this promise. How many times do we have to hear right. Kiss saying that they're going on their farewell? Yeah, tour? yeah. <laughs> you know, how often do we have to hear that kind of stuff? So, uh, whether that is actually true or not, we'll find out. Steven Soderbergh make a big made a big deal about it too. I just think these people are craving attention sometimes. It's like, yeah. oh, uh, nobody appreciates me, so I'm gonna go away. Well, then they keep making movies. But you know, Nicolas Cage seems to be the sort of guy. He seems, let's be honest. I mean, he's a quirky dude. He just seems strange enough that he would mm-hmm. He'll keep his promise. Hopefully, he will. We'll you know what's out. funny about that, Tim? Though, is we had him on the queue three different times. He's a great interview. He pays attention. Oh, yeah. He has. As a sense of humor, he was terrific. Yeah, well, and then earlier this year uh, on the show, uh, played some sound bites of when, and it's actually on video, which is really cool. But I showed him a, a monster action figure I had, and then he freaked out, and he went to his shelf, and he went to got, get a bunch of Aurora monster models he did when he was a kid, oh. and put them up in front of me, and he said, "Hey, here's my Wolfman, here's my Frankenstein's monster, and all this stuff," and it was cool to get a genuine moment out of any actor because it's very very rare that you know you're going to ask them or they're going to react in a sort of way that they haven't done a thousand times before so yeah yeah he he was a great guy it was a four minute interview that expanded into a whole six minutes (laughs) because he was showing me his little monster model hobby and uh, again i'm an action figure guy so he says well yeah i hope to get one of my character from renfield that's how it all started because he was dracula and renfield so Mm -hmm. Um, this one is an important movie on streaming. It's on the fall of Minneapolis.com. I need to know if anybody has seen the fall of Minneapolis yet. No. Officer Dave. I have not. I should, but I have not. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but is there any particular reason you think it's just gonna. No, well, what I've heard is that people get really angry when they watch it. Um, yeah, I can see that. And I just, I don't know if I want to be mad just yet. Yeah, it's like we know Minneapolis sucks. We don't need to be mad about <laughs> it, too. Yeah. 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 Again, it's the sort of thing where, you know, obviously facts were presented in the George Floyd case. And then Liz Collin, who uh, produced this film and she's the on camera mm-hmm. talent, you know, they present facts. Um, and so I'm not even going to go there because no matter what you say about that case, I mean, talk about getting canceled. Somebody oh, God, yeah. no. You cannot <laughs> say one word about that case. I, yeah, one one 
turn a phrase and I'm effed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't, I don't need that sort of drama in my life. Right. And you are right though. Uh, when it came though to the portrayal of the police, apart from the officers who were prosecuted, I'm uh, prosecuted. I'm talking about the cops at the third precinct and mm -hmm. how they were told to stand down and not issued what riot gear. And, right. Then and, evacuate and, and give up the the yeah and and, and commanded to only observe and report when the city is burning makes zero sense mm -hmm. to me. I knew uh, a lot of people at the third precinct too, and not very many of them are left in the on the force there. Well, no, no, of course not. So if I were to review everything apart from the case, it is very very compelling, and and I come. Yep. And Officer Dave, you probably know this because, uh, and Tommy certainly knows it, that I grew up in a law enforcement family. Mm -hmm. The stress that police officers face and the way that police officers were vilified during that torturous yep. period of time. You're right. I was so pissed off about this movie last week that I couldn't talk about it. I because I knew that I was going to, when I get pissed off, I get inarticulate. All right. <laughs> I don't make a. Most people do, I would think. Yeah. I just don't I make sense. And I figure, okay, if I can take a pause and get a deep breath in and sort of tackle this in a way where I think I'm semi making sense, nobody's going to come and try to grab something that I've said and twist it and cancel me. Now, I think we're all on the verge of being canceled. You know, it's just that that's the times we yeah. live in. Somebody wants to do it. Go ahead. Just go right ahead because I will fight you. Okay. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to grovel. And I'm certainly not going to ever grovel for uh, the, the way police are. It, it, again, I think they're vilified and I, I stand with the police. I'm sorry. When you grow up in a situation where, there's a scene in the film where they throw heads from butchered pigs yeah, yeah. at police. How is that peaceful protesting? Mm -hmm. To me, that comes off as a terroristic threat. And that scene triggered me more than anything because I'll tell you why. There was a situation when I was growing up where something similar happened to my father aimed at him with a slaughtered pig. Jesus. All right. I don't I, I, I don't want to get too graphic and I won't, but I'm just saying, you know, the word triggered, maybe it's overused, but man, did that trigger me. I can mm -hmm. I can see where that would, especially having it happen to mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Well, an assault with uh animal corpses is also a pretty serious thing because it could be considered a biohazard or a biological well, attack. I, I thought it was a felony now i would imagine you could go to slaughterhouses and get that sort of stuff you can yeah, yeah. but um yeah i i guess more than anything what bothers me is the way that the police uh minneapolis police by and large you know felt abandoned by the city not letting them do anything they were absolutely abandoned mm -hmm. by the city right and well and because to tell the, essentially the precinct to stand down gives the illusion to everybody that's protesting. Now there really are no rules mm -hmm. and we can just kind of get 
away with whatever we want to do. Yeah. And that's yep. definitely the vibe is being, you know, somebody that would, you know, peacefully protest during the day. You could definitely feel that shift once the third precinct got burned down of, oh, now it's just fair game mm-hmm. for anything to happen. Yeah, I'm not saying that there weren't peaceful protests, because there certainly were. But to kind of go with this blanket, uh, everything's a peaceful right. protest. Oh, no. Yes. No. You, throw, you throw a decapitated pig's head at somebody, that's a terroristic threat. Mm-hmm. 100%. In my yeah, no, that's completely uncalled for. should be, but it won't be in Hennepin no. County. Of course no. not. Of course not. And, but here's the thing. It was never... This this was the first time I saw footage of that, and that this is kind of like the purpose of the documentary, is to show things that weren't shown, because they're attacking Liz, as in in Alpha News, they're going after the mainstream media, saying, "Hey, where was this?" Yep. I think the opinion about the police might have been a little bit different if you had shown this sort of thing, or if this sort of yep. evidence would have been admitted. That that sort of stuff, but. You, you had people traumatized. You had police officers traumatized. You have police officers suffering PTSD. Uh, you had police officers quit. You had 350, 350 police officers quit. And they're still having trouble recruiting. Well, one look at this film and you'll understand why. Yeah, Who would I mean, ever want to work, work in a situation like that? Yeah, if you know the city's just going to throw you to the wolves the second things go down, why would you want to work in that position? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I don't think there's any appreciation of the stress that goes into uh, to being a police officer. Now, I, I've said this before, too, and this is why I'm so damn proud of my dad. And I would be doing him a complete disservice that I didn't bring this up. He was committed to his job. He worked full time as a cop. He worked full time as a farmer. He worked on a, on weekends just to keep our heads above water. Okay, he cared about his family. People don't seem to care about the fact that what police officers, you know, go through on these jobs, the amount of stress that they encounter. Um, and, 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 and hopefully people will feel a little more compassion now if they take on this movie and they see that sort of thing. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up that he did, and again, you never hear it mentioned, is the fact that my father was on calls where he watched people literally die in front of him. And then he had to go and tell, like, say, for example, the parents of a teenager that their child was gone. And never coming home. It's the hardest thing in the world to do. I'm sure you've experienced it, Officer Dave. Mm-hmm. So that's just the sort of thing. It's like, where's the appreciation here? No, and, and the thing is, you guys aren't asking for for the applause. You're just that's your job. You do it. So more than anything, I want this movie to be seen because it just it makes you appreciate even more if you don't already have that sort of appreciation. And I know that you guys do, but it'll make you appreciate what law enforcement officers do even more. There you have it. I will say this. I have not seen the movie yet, and I will not watch the movie until everybody else has already seen it, so I can stop hearing their chirping. Liz Collins is a very good friend of mine. I've known her for quite some time. Uh, her husband's a good friend of mine as well. Liz Collins is a very smart, very nice person, so I'm just absorbing all of that. She is a very good friend. I'm absorbing all of that and letting it all die down, and then I'm going to watch the movie so I won't have a slanted view of the movie. That's right. when I'm going to watch it. 
Well, I mean, you got it. I mean, it's a brave thing that they're doing, man. Oh, God, yes. It's obviously, Absolutely. look, she didn't do a damn thing. She was just doing no. her job. Yep. Uh, and, and, and people were signing this petition. Couldn't even get her damn name right. Liz, <laughs> fire Liz Collins. Oh, okay. These are the sort of people you're dealing with here. Yeah, you're uh, absolutely right. They wanted to cancel her for doing nothing. Yep. All of a sudden, she comes out with this. That's a brave thing to do. So I commend her for yep. that. And, and I, I can't, I forget what the director's name is, JC. Uh, I'm sorry, sir, but I, 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 I appreciate the fact that you had the guts to do this because. In this day and age, man, I mean, people's li- people try to destroy your lives over something you might have said 40 years ago. So all of a sudden to come forth like that and, and to tell the story, uh, you know, the way that you see fit, the way that people need to hear it, then do it. And, well, I have, and a, qu- I have a question for you. Have we gotten to the point now where we should have her? Because I didn't want to have her on as a guest when people were going after her because I didn't want to talk to her about mm-hmm. people attacking her when that comes to an end i would love to have liz on to talk about it i I just don't want to talk to liz about how people now hate her she's one of the nicest people i've ever met that's a fact very smart woman very nice woman so i'm just absorbing all this you know letting it flow and whatever and then when that calms down we'll have her on and, and talk about the whole experience yeah well, she's certainly getting a lot of attention nationwide. I mean, Good. I've seen her on a number of different interviews online. You know, right away, people think this is a right-wing sort of thing, you know, because she's no. on news or whatever. And again, as you know, I, I, don't, I don't bother with either side. No, this I don't either. something that needs to be addressed, and you can't mistreat. You can't paint police officers or any profession for that matter, but especially police officers with a broad brush that the way uh, they have been painted by media outlets. So let's just be straight up uh, about that because negativity sells. Oh, it makes money. Negativity makes a lot of money. No doubt about it. But at the same time, uh, they don't realize how much it's destroying people's lives. Oh yeah. absolutely. Um, Tim, do you know, is she how like closely associated she is with alpha news like does she work with them regularly or was it just something just for the documentary they picked it up no no she works for them okay because i was gonna say i think that's another reason why she got a lot of pushback um about the documentaries because alpha news has such a reputation for kind of being on the right yeah more of an extremist style news outlet not really citable like i could never cite that in any college class because it's like it's they don't, it's not reliable news source. Yes. I think that's, what's that? What is a reliable news source? Well, I mean, that's, that's, there's another great question. Yeah, exactly. It's what, yeah. But that's why I think she got a lot of pushback as well. Because once she's going against a narrative that the general public is kind of, you know, running with, Mm -hmm. and then on top of that, they're Mm -hmm. like, well, and it's alpha news. And so it's definitely been an uphill battle for her. I don't understand though. If there's alpha news and then there's, although I will say that our local news does a pretty good job, but these other sites, my God, I am so tired of tuning into Fox and hearing how horrible cnn is tuning into cnn here and how horrible fox is you're just mm. it's a little gang war that's making them a ton of money and they're only doing it to make money that's yep. the only reason ladies and gentlemen they give a rat's ass about anything is because they'll make money by playing a game it's disgusting right well i mean if you know, whether people want to trust what liz does or not you know what 
whatever. I mean, I have the same uh, uh, um, freedom to not trust what the other people say. Right. Mm. This is a way of presenting both sides as far as I'm concerned. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a question yeah. for you about that. Uh, there's Alpha News. I, I, I don't I don't follow Alpha News, so it's it's very conservative. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, they've been linked to a lot of uh, extremist viewpoints. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's so like something question. that like would pop up as a fake news source, like definitely that was in the 2021s. It was a kind of a, a big problem when you would find sites. They kind of do it under the guise of this is a un unbiased news source. And then it's backed by uh, I think it's like. Republican Tea Party or something. It's got some alignment um, that's been uh, linked with a bunch of different conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. well, okay, so I have a question for you. Why would I ever watch PBS? Because I actually I, have to pay for them to do that. They're yeah. using my public money, and they lie on that bullshit so often. It is unbelievable. It's yeah. paid for by viewers like you. <laughs> they, don't even, they don't even hide it. <laughs> they don't even hide the fact that you have to yeah. cough up and pay for that. So you got way far right, way far left. Right. But Minnesota's a kind of place to pick are, one. And yeah, the ones who are calling Alpha News extremists are the way far left, and the way far yeah. right is calling. PBS extremists. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's right, all right. just blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I will say, I mean, whatever they claim in this is backed up by documentation. Well, you're going to, you're going to, in this particular case, in this documentary, people are going to see, they're going to want to see what they want to see and they're going to want to hear what they want to hear. It's cognitive mm -hmm. dissonance. I know you've talked about this before, yeah. Tom. Yep. This documentary probably won't change a lot of minds if you're set in your ways. Yeah, I, I doubt that very few people are going right. to go into this with an open mind or it might confirm what you might have suspected all along. So, again, I like I say, I mean, when it comes to the facts of the, of the Floyd case, I'm just I'm staying out of it. No, because no matter what I believe, somebody's going to try to go after me. Right. <laughs> no. I don't Wasn't I this heavily about George Floyd? I mean, everything I've read about it is like, I, oh, sorry, one second. I was just finishing is that that the, a lot of the bias was about the idea that the George Floyd thing, you know, I mean, he, they state his past record, they state all these things. And so it's like, I just don't know how you can take that piece out, Tim. Well, no, I'm not saying that you don't. I'm, what I'm saying is what I'm commenting on is the treatment of the police while the riot. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my greatest concentration. Yes, it's ultimately tied to that. And... That's the thing that pissed me off the most. Yeah. As far as the Floyd case and all that, you can say what you want to say on this side. You can say what you want to say on this side. You know what? Watching this documentary will give me the opportunity to say, I'll decide what I want to decide. I don't need yeah. anybody to spoon feed me any sort of answers. Hey, Tim, I have a question. Because when like this documentary first kind of came out and was making the rounds, all that I guess I all kind of ever heard of it was it was like a essentially a documentary on proving why Derek Chauvin should be innocent. So to hear you say that it's more about kind of like the uh, Minnesota's response to, you know, telling them to back down. So is it more mm -hmm. like, I guess, what is the overall vibe? No, of I mean, it does present evidence that would suggest that things were different than presented. Oh, okay. okay. That's what I'll say. Again, I'm not commenting any further. Right, no, I'm just trying to, yeah, I just wanted to figure out what, exactly what I am about. saying though, is that, the thing that just that, that was the biggest problem that I had was the shocking 
treatment of the police mm-hmm. during this time. I'm talking about the police apart from all yeah. of that. The people yep. trying to mm-hmm. do their job to protect the streets, to protect people, to protect the third precinct, everybody like that. Yeah. That's that's the part that I felt, you know what? I'm well within my means to comment on that because I've you know it's somewhat of a lived experience. I'll never mm-hmm. know what it's like to be a police officer. But you know what? Growing up in a police officer's family, knowing that your father was shot at, knowing that somebody came into your own family home to try to stab him to death didn't work because my dad was one tough son of a bitch. Mm. But I'm telling you, there's a lot more that goes into a police officer's life than people will ever know unless they step into the shoes of a law enforcement officer. So that's why Officer Dave gets my eternal respect. Okay. Thank you, Tim. Why Dave's colleagues get my eternal respect because I know what sort of hell these guys go through. My dad's friends, so many died so damn young, the stress killed them. The only reason my dad survived as long as he did was because he could come home and he could go out on a tractor and blow off that steam. That's why he lived till he was 87 years old. But most officers don't live that long. Damn it, Officer Dave. You better stick around for a right. few more years. I just, I just hit 56 on Tuesday. We're working on it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You're younger than me. You're younger than me. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm late. I got to go to a different deal. Again, watch the documentary. Just form your own opinions. That's the best I can do right now. So once you do see it, we can talk about it again. All right. Thanks a lot, Timmy. All right. Have a good day. See you. Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you guys a question. If I say the following, does this make me horrible on both sides? You have Chauvin, you have George Floyd. Neither one of them should have done what they did. Well, there is something right? to be said for that, yeah. yeah. Neither one of them. No, if, it's definitely not a 100% one side or the other case. Otherwise, it wouldn't be as controversial as it is. Well, that's the thing. It's like people will be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be killed for using a counterfeit bill. And it's like, yeah, you shouldn't, but... You might. So, you know, don't do it. Depending on. And it, it's like some bad things happen all the time, like massive overreactions to very minor infractions. And you, mm-hmm. have to, you have to take that into account because the world is an imperfect place and you don't always get what you should. Sometimes it's much more than you need. So a lot of people don't understand the side of the road is not the place to argue. That right. is also true. That is just so not the place to to hash it out. That's what the court system is for. Yeah, you deal with it right there on the side of the street. You take what, go with the program, and everything goes smooth. Mm. And then you come out, and you're exonerated in court, or you're found guilty in court. Mm -hmm. That's what court is for. The side of the road is not the place to argue. Yeah, and I, no, I would I would you know push back gently and say that the police officers should also kind of have that same mindset in as well. This doesn't have you. to be mm-hmm. this counterfeit bill isn't the reason that I should potentially kill somebody. Yep. And, and you know I think that a lot of things to walk away with is like Dave and I know like what we're taught. Like I've you know been taught crowd control, and we know like that. It takes a lot from a person. It takes a lot. And not mm. everyone has it. And Derek Chauvin shows us that not everybody can do the job. Mm-hmm. And, like, to say that the people who would be most disappointed and disgusted would probably be people in the military and in, you know, the officers. Like, there's just mm-hmm. something to be said that, like, not everybody can do the job. And right. he, he couldn't. 
Is it true that the coroner's report says that he did not kill him, that he died of a drug overdose? One did, one didn't. There were two different autopsies. One of them was through the state, I I think, and one of them was through the family. Don't you think it's a weird coincidence that a man was on his neck and then he died that day? Don't don't ask me my opinion. I'm not a doctor. All I'm telling you is what I've read that he, he didn't. I Look, I'm not defending Derek Chauvin. He should not have done what he did. I'm not defending anybody. None of these people should have done mm-hmm. what they did. But there is a side that said he did not kill him. I don't know. I don't really have even, an opinion. About even if he didn't kill him, he didn't help try to save him. I agree. That's exactly what I'm saying. He should not have done what he did. There's no right. question about it. It is interesting that he didn't administer. Well, do cops always have Narcan on hand? It, it depends. Um, a bigger city like Minneapolis, they may not. Mm. Um, You know, I carried Narcan as soon as it became um, widely used. Uh, Mm -hmm. We were given Narcan, kept it in our med bag, uh, ready to go. Yeah, because that's like like if someone is acting erratic and then he stops breathing, you'd think Narcan would be like, you know, the go-to thing. It's like, oh, he's probably overdosing on fentanyl like half the population of the world apparently is these days. (laughs) Tom. So here, have some Narcan, and hey, if that helps, it helps. And if it doesn't, as far as I know, there are no major side effects to giving Narcan to someone who's not. No, I think it's a receptor blocker. It is. It is. um, The only problem. Go ahead, Britt. I get this, Tom. I saw Narcan sold at Target the other day. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) They're selling it now, yes. How crazy. I mean, it's a good idea, but it's like also just like, wow. The fact that we need that is very sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. So let me close with this because I, I really am not taking any sides in this because I wasn't there. As Andy pointed out, there were two different uh, coroner's reports. It just makes me sad that any of this stuff ever happens anyway. Because I got to be honest with you, if I was with somebody and uh, they tried to pass a bill or whatever, the last thing I would allow my friend to do is confront the police about it because the police are going to confirm. I just, it's mm. way too dangerous. I'm not picking, I'm not taking sides here. I just don't want my friend to be in danger like that. Well, yeah, you could have done literally nothing wrong, but if, if you start arguing at the cops, you're I'm now putting your life yep. in danger. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, a, let's be honest. The whole thing from top to bottom is very, very sad that people lose their lives. Now Chauvin's been stabbed 22 times. And it, this story's never going to end, you know, until no. he's dead. No, it's not. It's just unfortunate. Should we even have Kristen on? Because yeah, she's, almost... probably, she's probably not looking forward to coming on <laughs> to follow this up. Duck I out. don't want to come on after that. Forget Poor it. Kristen. We well, shall we, take a break. We'll we have four right minutes back. to cool down. So, hey, there you go. What? Oh, you mean during the break? Yep. Okay, good. We'll, we'll cool down during the break. We'll be right back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Guys, if you want to reignite your intimacy once and for all, listen. Just give Twin Cities Premier Health a call for a discreet and confidential in-office evaluation by their highly trained staff of medical professionals. Acoustic wave therapy sessions are 25 to 30-minute treatments with no pain, no downtime afterward. And right now, Twin Cities Premier Health is offering a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. Receive this $800 value when you use code word TOM at TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. You may know that age-related erectile dysfunction is most commonly caused by a buildup of plaque in the arteries that supply blood to the erectile tissue. 
Acoustic Wave Therapy can rescue your relationship and has been clinically proven to break up plaque. Definitely take advantage of this limited time special offer. Receive a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. This is a savings of $800 when you use code word TOM at TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Be sure to use promo code TOM so we get credit for sending you. I wouldn't recommend a service like this unless I knew they could help you. TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. I'm so happy to welcome back our longtime friends, Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to the show. I've known Steve, the owner, for many years, and I completely trust Sabre to keep my house comfortable. Why? Sabre does everything the right way, and they always put the customer first. I love the team at Sabre because their service experts are experienced NATE certified technicians, not salespeople. Their pricing is completely upfront, and they fix only what needs to be fixed, nothing more. Sabre is dedicated to giving customers what they need, when they need it, at the fair price. Keeping your family safe and comfortable without breaking the bank. Give Sabre Heating and Air Conditioning a try. I know they'll take care of you just like they've taken care of me and my family. Whether you need a new Bryant furnace or air conditioner replaced, or just simply need a service call to get you going again, go to saberheating.com. That's S-A-B-R-E heating.com. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We'll take care of you. Kristen, I'm sorry you couldn't be here for the entire half hour where they depressed the shit out of me. I'm depressed. I heard some of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it was depressing. And there's no, there, you can't come out of that story without being depressed as hell. I don't care if you take a side, you can't. I haven't taken a side in it, but my God, that was depressing. Thanks a lot for that. Do we have Tim to thank for that? Can we blame him? Yes, yes, yes we, we do. Yep. Yeah, a movie that's like not new, he decided to review, so. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah yeah. to all. Yeah. yeah, I just, I really wish that human beings would not do the things they do. I, I, I just, I really just wish it would stop. But it never will. So let's just move on with what's happening in Hollywood, Kristen Burt. What's happening in Hollywood. Uh, you know what? I, I think that this news just kind of came out. I know that they've been working on it, but the um, Senate has finally introduced a bill which is intended to reform the live event ticketing system. It's called Fans First. And thank goodness, because it's really been a problem between Bruce Springsteen, Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. Beyonce. We've seen this. But it's going to require um, more ticket sales transparency, allowing like ticket sellers and resellers will have to disclose a lot of information, like the cost of the ticket, all of the fees, a breakdown of that cost, and very clear terms of the purchase, where they're sitting, and whether they're getting it. And I think this one's super important, whether you're getting it from the actual like Ticketmaster itself or whether you're getting it as a secondary reseller because a lot of people thought oh i'm getting this from Ticketmaster, and then they show up to the venue and they're like wait a minute this isn't even a real ticket because but they you know were impersonating Ticketmaster. i saw that a lot happening over the taylor swift situation oh, really? this summer yep can they get rid of the fees in general or put a cap on the amount because when i buy a five dollar ticket to the twins i shouldn't have to pay twenty dollars per ticket in fees to get into the game are we gonna address that at all no because <laughs> there's a lot of taxes and things like that that go into it i mean take a look i this morning i actually door dashed my breakfast mm -hmm. and there was like four lines like before i even got to the tip you know and i was like Oh my gosh, like my, you know, I ordered half a dozen bagels, but my half a dozen bagels went from like, you know, $12 to like $30 in like five seconds. Um, and that's what happens to Broadway tickets, concert tickets, our airplane tickets. Mm -hmm. There yeah. are so many fees built in. And even the hotels now, because now they're like, oh, there's a resort fee. I'm like, build that damn thing into <laughs> right. the actual price of the hotel. I don't want to go to the hotel expecting my room's $150. And then they're like, oh, by the way, there's a $60 resort fee. I'm not yeah. using the resort. I'm using the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I stay, I went to the San Francisco Marriott. I'm going to call them out. It's Marriott Marquis there. It's a beautiful property. But I will tell you that they do a resort fee. And then they're like, okay, well, it's for food. And so you can't go out to Starbucks. There's no Starbucks on property. But if you don't pay this like $25 like fee, you just lose it. So you've paid them $25 for nothing because they mm -hmm. want you to like buy food and things like that. And of course, like one drink and one bagel on premise is like $26. So you're <laughs> already giving them more money. You know what I'm saying? They're just trying to get you to spend on the premises instead of like going outside the property. Days in, mm -hmm. here we come. <laughs> Indeed. It's just nuts. So, no, I'm sorry, Tevin. That's not going to solve that problem. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully, whatever concert, you know, you want to go to that's, like, highly coveted, mm -hmm. you will hopefully have an easier time. And I like to see, because I was looking at all the names of who sponsored the bill, it's a lovely bipartisan bill, and we love that. Bipartisan? How is it even possible? 
Is that, I mean, hey, you know what? Jesus. Republicans and Democrats love Bruce Springsteen and Taylor Swift. <laughs> so I'm here for it. <laughs> so there you go. There's the answer right there. We solved all of America's problems. We come I'm together glad through music and arts, and that's great. <laughs> Kristen, I'm telling you, as a centrist, I'm sick to death of the battle between the far left and the far right. It drives me nuts. It's like, you're not representing actual people. You're extremist assholes. <laughs> well, they the are. You get to. I like Democrats and I like Republicans. I do not like extremists on either side. <laughs> well, the good news is that you can go see Bruce Springsteen or Taylor Swift without thinking about politics. Hopefully, I wouldn't waste a minute hopefully. on either one of them. So there you go. Oh, <laughs> is Bruce Springsteen the one who did that incredibly horrible cover of Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Yep. Oh God, he's the, the worst thing I've ever heard. And isn't his big song like "American Girl" or something like that? "American Girl." Prince? No, that's Tom Petty. Oh, okay, never mind. I honestly oh, don't know the difference. I don't know the difference either, to be honest. Kevin, how do you not know like "Born to Run"? Or oh, Born there we in the go. USA? "Born in the USA." That's born, the song I, I was thinking of. "Born yeah. in the USA." I, I know "Born in like the USA." Yeah. Baby, I was born to run. And you know what? My favorite. This is so like. A weird non sequitur. My very favorite opening to the primetime Emmys, and this is going back a ways, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon hosted, um, and um, he did, he sang Born to Run, and they ran all through like LA Live. It was when Glee was still on the air, but they kept like picking people up along the way, like John Hamm was singing and dancing. It was really fun, actually, just, mm -hmm. just to kind of see the behind the scenes at the Emmys and just do a really big, quick opening and then get to the show. I loved it. That's good. See, now that sounds like a good time. And I did. I thought Born to Run was phenomenal. I thought it was a terrific song. It's just the stuff afterward. I just, I don't know. I like guys who can sing. There's not a lot of those. Well, there's a lot of guys who can't sing. I mean, well, there's plenty yeah. of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. No question about it. So, list, like, how do they become famous? <laughs> no, Kristen, very quickly, uh, I want, Catherine, uh, actually, I would like to personally thank Dan Seaman for calling me last night because uh, he's the director of programming for uh, Hubbard Broadcasting. Three and a half hour movie, the something of the killer moon, whatever it was. Flowers of the Killer Moon. Flowers of the Killer Moon. Uh, I watched the first hour, and then my hero, Dan Seaman, called me. So I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, honey, but I got to grab this, and I got to talk to, I got to talk to Dan." She watched the whole three and a half hours and said, "Well, it was only about two times too long. It should have been about an hour and forty-five minutes." Yeah. Yeah, that's what? been the complaint of that movie, yeah. like just in general. It's just too long. Movies are too long. And we've said it over and over again. Build in that intermission or, you know, yeah. cut the movie down. One or the other. Because I do think for a lot of people, it's um, it's keeping them away from the movie. And maybe they'll watch yeah. it at home on streaming, and that's fine. But, you know, the movie theater owners want you out there. Well, and the same with Oppenheimer. It was about an hour too long. Yeah, and, and I, I was just talking about this with a friend. I said, I can go to any Michael Bay movie um, and go, I can see, and I'm not an expert editor by any means. I do some editing, but even on my novice level, I can see about 20 minutes where you can cut this film. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the action yeah. sequences go on too long. Mm -hmm. James Cameron's another one. When I saw Avatar last year, I was like, okay. I, we didn't need this. I understand that you want to show off the technology and he's always been cutting edge. But at the same time, I'm like, as a viewer, I'm starting to just wander and think like, what's on my phone that I can watch? And I'm not going to pull out my phone, but yeah. I'm thinking 
like about other stuff. Well, that's one of the problems of these massively inflated budgets of these movies. It's like, okay, cutting out 20 minutes of this action scene would make sense cinematically, but they probably spent $50 million to shoot that 20 minutes. Yep. So it's like, are they going to say, oh, well, that $50 million's a loss and just cut it? Probably not. Probably not. And and someone like a James Cameron, Dude, a Michael Bay, who have proved over and over again to um, produce at the box office and produce those box office dollars, the studios are not going to say no to them. Yep. James Cameron has proved I can do a three-hour movie, and all of you will buy a ticket and sit through it. Maybe not Tom, but everybody else. You know. <laughs> Catherine pushing a pressure washer there in the background looked like. Nah, it kind of looked like it. I think she's gonna go <laughs> clean something. But hey, Jude didn't overreact to her opening the door. Did he? <laughs> bam, bam, bam! It's like settle down, puppy. Relax. <laughs> oh, honestly, God, he would literally run over my dead body to get to her. He absolutely just would. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God, he's wound up about mom. No question. Um, anything else coming up? Like I said, I thought Oppenheimer was pretty good, too long. I did not think that that uh, Paper Moon or whatever the hell it was called was worth a damn. I thought it was terrible. And thank God I didn't have to watch the last two and a half hours of it. Three and a half hours and a for half that. Hours. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, listen, I have a medical condition. I can't sit through a three and a half hour movie. It's true. <laughs> For yeah. a lot of people. And then to like get up and, you know, what if they are a wheelchair user or something like to have to go to the bathroom, take that. It's it's too long. People are just going crazy. You know what's amazing about that is the reason this happened is because they're all trying to beat out Godfather and Godfather 2. There you go. 100%. That's, that's exactly what they're trying. Oh, if they can be that long, so can I. No, your story's nowhere near as interesting. But do you notice it is male directors that are pushing these Absolutely. It's Absolutely. not because for females, like their Roman Empire is not Godfather, you know? Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's a very good point because that's what they're they're all trying to I can make a movie longer and better than The Godfather. No, you can't. Sorry. First of all, Marlon Brando's dead, so you got nowhere to go. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think Francis Ford Coppola too is a very specific Mm-hmm. unique voice in filmmaking mm-hmm. and i i think like he had he had to tell that story in that amount of time it wasn't just like an hour and a half and you've told the story of the mom right. you know what i mean right. it doesn't work like that and it you know even if his final tri- part of the trilogy wasn't you know perfect that it's was still, not good no it wasn't unfortunately and his daughter <laughs> sophia was not that good as an actress dodd Remember when she did Dodd when she does anyone remember who the role was originally supposed to go to? I do. Let's see who else. Who knows? I know. So I do too. Someone I've never heard of. Nope. All right. Someone, you know, okay, wait, someone who was in stranger things, Mm -hmm. Millie Bobby Brown. Oh no, no, no. Obviously the girl, um, who stole, who we love. The Millie redhead. Bobby Brown is the one character I can, or the actor well, I can name. Levin would things. be too young. Yeah, too yes, young absolutely. Born when that oh. came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Renona, 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 Renona Ryder. Ryder. Yeah. Renona Ryder, yes. Yeah, Correct. she had to drop out. I think it was too exhaustion, you know, that old Hollywood excuse. But <laughs> she was originally cast in that role. And it was so last minute that Francis Ford Coppola was like, okay, Sophia, we're just going to like throw you in. It was like so last minute. You know, the sad thing about that is they had so many great people like Andy Garcia was in it and, mm-hmm. you know, Joe was in it. Uh, there were a bunch of great people in Godfather 3. It just the movie sucked. 
wasn't yeah. the acting's fault. It was the writing. Yep. It always goes down to bash the writing. Without yeah, great words true. on the page, you got nothing to do. It is all true. So any good streaming stuff coming up? Oh, my goodness. There's so much on streaming. If, if you're in the Christmas yeah. mood, I'm telling you, you can just sit there <laughs> probably for the entire weekend <laughs> and not go anywhere to the point that, you know, I've started to see this is what I find really interesting. I've started to see like hot takes in some of the um, media outlets of like how bad the Christmas movies are. They're starting to do. Um, spoofs on like how bad the plots were like, on Monday mornings, you know, so they're sitting there like, right. here's all the movies we watched this weekend. Here's how absurd the plots were. And I'm like, oh my gosh, have we officially jumped the shark on Christmas movies? Probably. Yeah. There's about 7,500 of them on your, uh, whether it's, I don't know, you know, whatever site you use, mm -hmm. there are more Christmas movies than I ever thought were made. Yeah. It's, it's surprising actually, because I thought, especially given the uh, like Hallmark and Lifetime glut every year that people were going to be fatigued of Christmas movies, but apparently not because Disney plus alone has like six new ones. Yeah. And, and you have Netflix, you have Amazon prime uh, QVC is now getting into scripting. Right. And this is the yeah. one thing I want to point out. Cause this news came out yesterday. Um, you know, QVC, obviously they're a home shopping network. And I, I think we talked about this film, but the, the recipe files, you mm -hmm. can buy things that they use in the movie or from the set on QVC. It makes sense in terms of like branding. Disney Plus is now going to be doing the same thing and offering, offering shopping modules based off of what is on Disney Plus in the movie. And it's all going to be embedded together because here's what they want you to do. They want you to stay on the platform. They don't want you to go over to Amazon and go, let me see mm -hmm. if I can find that Disney t-shirt that I just saw in that movie. All right, I gotta go around the room here. We'll start with Brittany, then go to Kristen, Devin, Andy, and Officer Dave. Brittany, do you have a favorite Christmas movie of all time? God, it would probably be, it's a toss up between two, but if I have to pick one, Home Alone. Very good movie. Kristen. Miracle on 34th Street with Natalie Wood. Oh, very good. Devin? Yeah, I'd probably be with Brittany. I'd go Home Alone or Home Alone too. Yeah, millennials are all going to say Home Alone. Probably. I'm just going to spoil that for you. Andy, you're saying Home Alone too? I Probably, yeah. Okay. Officer Dave? It's a Wonderful Life. Great movie. Yeah, they're all really, really good movies. Mine all, all time was A Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. Oh. He was phenomenal. That, that was, movie. yes, he was. He was I tremendous. also like White Christmas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I had never seen it until about four years ago. It's a classic. It is indeed. It's so I'm going to change mine. You're going to change yours? I'm going to change mine. To, okay. uh, was it Friday after next? That's my favorite Christmas movie. I'm yeah, are you going to die hard and get me angry? <laughs> Friday after next, beautiful movie. Yes, really. yes. It takes place during Christmas, so we're going to count that as a Christmas movie. I swear to God, I thought you were going to come back with Black Christmas. Did you ever see that? No, but after you said White Christmas, that was my instinct. Was to say, <laughs> I, knew white I knew it. I didn't say White Christmas. I said... No, I think the uh, the number one Christmas movie in the black community would probably be the Chris Brown This Christmas, I believe it's called. That's like, no. yeah. Um, yeah. I love Elf also. Yeah, yeah Elf, 
you know what? That's the best job he I never liked him at all, but he nailed that role in Elf. He was phenomenal. Mm. So charming. And James Caan as like the grumpy yes. father of Elf is so fantastic. It's like the perfect juxtaposition between the two characters. Mm. No question about it. And you can never go I, over. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. No, no, no big deal. Oh, no, I was going to say, you can never go wrong with, like, the animated, like, Polar Express or that, uh, right, like, Frosty right. the Snowman or the Rudolph's, Island of Misfit Toys, Rudolph oh, yeah. type of yep. thing, yeah. Oh, what's the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser? Year Without a Santa Claus. Year Without Claus. Santa Claus, yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So good. You know what's great I about this? You guys are snapping me out of the George Floyd thing. Now we're talking about Christmas. I'm, now I don't feel like shit anymore. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate, yep. I appreciate it. Now I'm going to have, like, I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Green Christmas. I'm Mr. 101. Okay, we're done. We're back to being depressed again. No, I'm just... You guys ever? Oh, from my singing, my husband would say the same thing. I can't remember what I was going to say. Now. Sorry, Tommy. Well, whatever works. It's um, Officer Dave's fault. Whatever it is. Yes, absolutely I'll take his it. fault. No question about it. So, okay, we only got about five minutes left. So other other topics we need to cover. Oh, you know, I don't, we haven't talked about this, but it's been something that's bugging me. Has anyone been following the Daryl Hall and John Oates feud that's going yes. on? Mm -mm. <laughs> but, you know, it, it lends a bigger question because they're, they're fighting actually over their music library. And, you know, um, mm -hmm. John Oates wants to sell his half. Daryl Hall doesn't want that to happen because they've already sold off a small portion of it and they want to have control. Daryl Hall wants to have control of their music. John Oates wants the cash. But we are seeing so many boomer um, musicians sell off their libraries for, you know, 100 million, 350 mm -hmm. million. And I almost think because I, I think the in the direction that that the entire en entertainment industry is going, I actually think that John Oates is probably right if he wants the cash because the cash is coming now. The cash is not coming later down the line, if that makes sense, because if you don't strike now, I don't think that their catalog will be worth as much later on because the entertainment industry is pulling back so much. And I almost think like Daryl Hall, take the money and run. Just take it. No, I agree with you 100%. How much, how much, do you know how much they're asking for it? I don't know because it's only 50% of right. their Holland Oates library. So I don't know what that, what that would fetch on the open I mean, market right now. Could it be a hundred million? Eas I think. Oh, easily, easily. easily. So easily. why wouldn't you just go, you get 50, I get 50. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Oh right? yeah. I guess if you're saying like, if you want to sell your half, then I yeah. get 50, 50%. I don't know. I mean, but now that they have restraining orders against each other, it's like it's just... wild. And they never, I mean, if anyone followed, you know, their, their story in their career, they never really got along to begin with. They weren't like best buds hanging out, you know, at the hotel after no, right, a concert right. or anything else like that. But their music is so good and they're so good together. Um, I, I just hate seeing that in their later years that they can't stand each other, which is the same thing as like Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. They hate yeah. each other's guts. Yep. Um, but the magic that they create with Aerosmith is like unbelievable. Oh, I, I, I'm huge fans of both of them. That's a very difficult situation to be in because I think they're both magnificent. 
Except for I the went, toes on Steve, Steve Perry. Sorry. The toes? The toes. Google it. Steve. Oh, uh, I, I'm not going to look at I'm not a toe Steven person. Steven Tyler. Cannot. Steve. Just Google that and you're going to pee. Get the, get the waste basket because you'll need Here's it. Here's my impression of their to his toes right there. Oh, Steve my gosh. Toes. I don't want anyone to touch my toes. I mean, I can do a pedicure, but that's it. What <laughs> is yeah. going on? Don't do it. That's that is wild. Oh, you're looking at his tootsies. Yeah, it, but he he painted his nails, so they do look nice. Yeah. But they're yeah, he does. Yeah. They're uh, yep. they run east and west rather than when north they when south. he paints his nails, he's got to have like four different angled brushes to get all the nails. <laughs> do we have an? If it's from wearing those platforms all those years, like on stage and dancing. Oh, yeah. okay. I just know from like wearing point shoes as a dancer, your toes start to go in crazy directions mm -hmm. so i have a question for you why would you wear sandals if you're crossing your toes yeah you're allowed to wear sandals no you cover you, uh, you know what yeah. it's probably because closed toed shoes probably hurt probably yeah, yeah. oh maybe yeah, yeah Tom, maybe. for the longest time i sold i sold uh shoes and i used to sell things like birkenstocks and, and really comfortable mm -hmm. shoes flight attendants have the crazy like older oh, flight attendants who were forced yeah. to wear heels oh, and yeah. be on their feet constantly have the craziest feet i've Ever seen. <laughs> oh well. Dancers, All right, flight attendants, and rock stars. <laughs> the holy trinity. There you have it. We only have ten shows before Christmas left. Do you believe it? Oh my gosh. Ten shows. We're gonna have to start Christmas. doing like the best of, like our ten favorite TV shows of the year, or like in mm -hmm. movies. Whatever you want to do, I'll follow your lead. Excellent. Thank have you. a good weekend, you guys. You too. Thanks, Kristen. Bye. Bye. Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen, take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Wrap things up. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Tom here, and I want to discuss a partnership that has been wonderful in my life. Zero Res Carpet Care. Very good friends of mine. Nothing is better to someone with a family than having a completely clean home. Your carpet is the biggest filter in your house. If you want to talk about pet dander or foot traffic, dirt from the outside they all eventually reside in your carpet so zero res carpet care listen around the holidays you need to contact zero res minnesota.com or call 952-z-e-r-o-r-e-z -E -E that's 952-zero-res they clean your home with their electrolyzed ph elevated water that doesn't use chemicals or soaps that smell like a janitor's closet like other cleaning services how about a tom bernard deal well, here it is. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at 129 bucks, And don't forget your air ducts. Mention me, and they'll discount your air.
air vents by 75 bucks too. This is for the entire month. So call them right now, 9520-RES, backward or forwarded, spells the same, or book online, zeroresminnesota.com. If it's available, ask for them to come to your place in the Tom Bernard named service truck. What an honor that was, by the way. Just mention me by name and get the special deal to get your home clean and your heart happy. Zero Res Carpet Care. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. The new Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Google is catching heat for how it answers a common question parents get asked this time of the year. It's about a famous man and how genuine he is. We know we have to be careful, so we're using a pseudonym. The person we're talking about is... Gary Busey, but you understand the reference to Gary Busey and who they're really talking about, which we don't want to say who they're really talking about. Is he real or not? Mm-hmm. Got no. it. Yep. Why Gary so, Busey? Why not like Tim Allen? Yeah, it could Someone be Tim who's Allen. like connected to the, I don't know. X-Day, don't say the name. <laughs> um, if, if you Google, is Gary Busey real? Again, uh, the first thing Google tell you is he's not Uh, That's despite the fact that they've been welcoming Gary into our homes for decades and he's beloved. You may even run uh, into him. You may even run into him at the mall this month. Some parents want Google to change the answer. It spits out at the top of the page when you ask about Gary. They just don't think it should be the first thing you see. Uh, By the way, a solid number of us have no problem admitting Gary is a genuine individual. In a recent poll, 21% of American adults said they believe in Gary Busey. Why is this even a problem? Do you guys understand this at all? Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like there has to be something where, like, if a kid starts believing that Gary Busey isn't real and they can search it, like, we got to mm-hmm. start. We don't have to do, like, a cover-up. Um, that's where things get, like, weird. I think, like, at that point in their development, you need to find out maybe some whatever origin or shifting you want to do into Gary Busey. You know, it's kind of funny looking at this story in a... a of course, the opposite end of the argument, we were talking about, you know, Chauvin and George Floyd and how people always take a side. There's nobody in the middle of it. They're always on one side or the other. And this is the same situation. He's real. No, he's not real. They can never meet in the middle. And you know why that is? 
because it's caused too much anguish. Yeah, I don't I've never understood why Gary Busey has been so controversial. Like if a bunch of kids want to believe that Gary Busey's real. I know. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to yeah. go around and, you know, burst everybody's bubble. And if you get to the age where you're like, you know what, Gary Busey, I just found out he's not real. I'm not going to be like, no, he is. Re-, and I'm not going to fight back with a bunch of, you know, facts. Yeah. Like, just it and is what it is. They talk about this, Tom, is that, uh, you know, sometimes when they when you kind of discover that Gary Busey isn't real, you can go well, here's the magic about Gary Busey. We are all <laughs> Gary Busey, and now you can help me be Gary Busey. Love it. Right. So, like, there's some fun things to do with it. But would you guys agree that people will not meet in the middle because it causes too much emotion? It's oh, too painful for them? 100%. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. Melissa and I have been discussing this a lot, obviously, because we're yeah. getting to mm-hmm. that point where yeah. we have to make this decision. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, we talked about, like, when you found out and a lot of people are like, oh, it makes you distrust your parents. You feel like you've been betrayed and stuff. Okay, and neither go. of us felt that way. We were no. mad, but we were mad at the kid who told us. Because yeah. we're like, why yep. did you wreck this for me? But, like, I don't remember being mad at my mom and dad at all. I was heartbroken. But I don't think anybody is going to be shocked that I believed in Gary Busey far longer than I should have. And the, the, the quote my mom always says as I was bawling and I said, what about the Easter bunny? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. See, that's what should have happened. How old were and, you? Know, yeah. But... 45. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was yesterday. Was oh, God, I can't was even remember. But I just know that. Like... I was seven or eight, I think. Yeah, and my family never put a huge emphasis on Gary Busey. Like, because once it got to the point where I was, you know, oh, I want video games or like the toys were a little bit more expensive, they'd be like, listen here, mom works two jobs to help you get these things, right? I'm getting the credit for this. I I literally remember thinking, I don't give a crap one way or the other. Yeah, at some point, it really doesn't Mm -hmm. matter to you anymore either. No, this is something I don't know, and I can learn today. Do the Amish celebrate Christ- Christmas? That's a good question, actually. I have no I'm idea. I'm sure they probably do, but it's probably it's much probably, more subdued. They probably don't yeah. put lights on their tree, I would imagine. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been around my Amish relatives during the holiday season, but they— Oh, so you never have, so yeah. you don't know if they do or not. No, but like they're all—or most of them are very— relaxed in their religion so they they'll like celebrate it or whatever it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. as big of a deal also because they have they all have like 12 kids isn't isn't though the amish very (laughs) a a very christian orthodox it is but they're also very um like anything that could induce envy or pride that sort of thing you're not allowed to do and having a very decorated tree your neighbor could envy that, so you're not allowed to. And do actually, it. I did spend a Christmas down there, and they had yeah, like it wasn't over, oh, okay. it wasn't anything over the top. I remember they had like a Christmas tree out on the porch, kind of enclosed porch area, but it wasn't as big of a show as it is here. Mm-hmm. And because you get some Amish, you know, I guess sex or groups of people that are like, you know, you don't can't take their picture because it'll you know yeah. steal their soul or whatever, and yeah. and they all are making furniture. But then like my Amish relatives, they have like a generator and watching the Chicago Bears play <laughs> in the bar. Oh, wow. They're like they're like technically it's not in the house, so it's a lot. Oh, well, that's another thing is like the no electricity thing. That's another envy thing. It's mm-hmm. like if I have a TV and you don't, 
you know, that creates friction in the community. Yeah. But if there's a TV in the community room that everyone can watch, that's not necessarily a problem because we yeah. all own it. Or if it's, yeah, or if it's to make right. money for their business, then it's yeah, allowed. Yeah, that's why they're, they're allowed to, like, work for construction companies and yeah. use power tools. It's not like they hate electricity. It's that they've just decided on a very specific way mm -hmm. of avoiding sin, basically. Yeah. We will close with my thank you to Brittany for bringing that up, what you said to your mother, because one of my favorite commercials that will be back on this year, and I think it's, I don't remember what it's even for, but the little kid goes, Thanks, East Bunny. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. That's so bad, Tom. My mom Love to this it. day, because she blames Sesame Street, I had this Boston accent, and I'd always go, I want, <laughs> want whoop And what about the Easter Bunny? Like, it was, I don't even, they, they said there was some character I was obsessed with on Sesame Street that I just mimicked like crazy. Mm -hmm. oh, nothing wrong with that. All right, we will talk to you guys on Monday. Love it. See ya. Take a break. Be back in five minutes with the family show.